Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. If you've been watching the news, I'm sure you have, uh, in our, over in Iraq and Iran and the U.S., all of the retaliation and everything that started to take place. And I felt the Holy Ghost give me a word when that begun. And the, the word the Lord gave me, y'all want to hear this? Yes. Uh, it was very powerful. And it ministered to me because I'm a veteran. I'm an Air Force veteran. And I don't mind telling you that uh, I don't like anything that I think attacks America. And I sure don't like terrorism, nor terrorists. And Isaiah 26, 18, uh, the Spirit of the Lord said this to me, then I went and found it in the Scripture. He said, they've tried to deliver their child, but only brought forth wind. They did not deliver, and we have not fallen. And I felt like the Holy Ghost said to me, when that attack began to take place, that it will have no effect. And I believe by the grace of God at this particular time, that what we will see take place is 10 years there are 10 years of impact in effect that will begin to happen. It's like a notification to terrorism that has been running rampant this millennial. Ever since the first part of this uh, millennium, I believe that God is putting a stop to that. And I believe this decade, as the body of Christ prays, uh, we will see the whole flavor of terrorism become extremely reduced and taken way down. I feel that strong in my spirit. And then in Joel chapter 2, right before God says things like, uh, and I will restore to you the years that the palmer worm, the caterpillar, and the locusts uh, have eaten, the canker worm, all of those things. Right before he says that in Joel chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21, a lot of times, of course, it's not read. But he says, I will remove far off from you the northern army, and I will drive him into a land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea and his hind part toward the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up, shall come up because he has done terrible things. Listen, that is a powerful word. Then God begins to say, and I will restore to you the years. And he begins to say that. Uh, and so what God is saying, I believe, if the body of Christ will not lose heart, if we will not be blinded by partisan politics, but just pray, just keep praying. God knows how to make a donkey uh, speak to get his will done. Are you listening to me? So I don't care who's in the office. I don't care who is uh, the president. I don't care who's the senators. I don't care all of those things. I care about the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom say? What's our position as believers? So get out of the politics thing and remember that you belong to the kingdom of God before you belong to anything else. And we're blessed to live in our country and we ask God to turn the hearts of kings, uh, the scripture says, like a river of water, to turn it so the will of God can be done. Personally, I say it sincerely, I don't care who he uses. God, just let your will be done on earth. God knows how to use the righteous 
And he knows how to turn the hearts of kings also. So I believe in my spirit real strongly, if the body of Christ, not just you and I as a church, but the body of Christ, of which we are a part of, if they will continue to pray and intercede right now, there will always be resistance to that. There will always be division. I don't care if Jesus of Nazareth himself were to walk down the street, our Lord and Savior, somebody would be upset because of the type of sandals he was wearing. Or who knows? Who knows? All I'm saying is let's continue to pray that the perfect will of God will be done, that God will bless this nation. And I believe in Jesus' name what has taken place has just sent a powerful statement that is registering in places you and I will never go and never be with people that we will never meet in this world who would just as soon kill you as, as look at you. And I believe that somehow God has put a fear in their heart to back off. And in my spirit, I hear something about 10 years. I believe this is a decade for the body of Christ to pray to recover many of the things that the body of Christ let go of, like prayer in school and, and like no abortion. I'm preaching so good right now. That's what you get for coming to church on Wednesday night. You hear the truth, you know. And so it is, it's very necessary that we maintain the position of the kingdom and that we do not compromise that in prayer. I don't care who's in office. We always, because that's going to change. Political parties are going to change. The, the day you think you're just going to go all out for some political party, I can just promise you the next one that comes along or tomorrow, it's going to change. Things just change, but the kingdom of God doesn't change. The word of God doesn't change. So we're going to stick with the word. Amen? Amen. All right, clap your hands to the Lord tonight if you receive that. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to stir you up in prayer and to pray according to the word of God. I want to speak to you just for a moment about just having the zeal of God and the, and the fire of God in your life. And I've, I've only got a minute to do it. I know it's Wednesday night and, and uh, I've just blessed the Lord for men and women who love the Word of God and so much that they come to church even when the weather's good. When they have all the other options because the weather's so good, you still come to church anyway. Uh, to me, that's a huge statement, and I bless the Lord for it. In Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, there's a powerful scripture there. And in Jeremiah 20, what's taken place is Jeremiah has been prophesying uh, the Word of God, and they don't like what he is saying. And so he's, he, he gets uh, captured, he gets beat, he gets thrown in, in prison, and then they bring him back out, and they basically tell him, don't you ever again say anything uh, like that about God. And, and it's religious people that do it. It's priests that are doing that. And they're telling him, don't you ever say what God is saying again like that. And we don't like it. And Jeremiah makes this powerful statement. And he says, then I said, I will not make mention of him. So he's telling them, he said, look, all of this thread, I thought to myself, he said, well, maybe I just won't say anything else anymore. I'll just close my mouth and not say anything. I'll not mention him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart. And it's like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing or stopping. And I could not maintain that position. I could not say. He said, I know the threats that were coming. I'm just tired of getting beat up. I just decided, all right, I won't say anything. 
And then he said, but the word of God was in my heart. And when it's in my heart, he said, it's like a fire inside of my bones. And I could not maintain that other position. I've just got to say it. Thus saith the Lord. And he begins to prophesy again. Can I just say the word of God is very powerful. Come on. It's like fire. Can you shout fire this evening? It's like fire, the Bible says, inside of you. And he said, it's in my heart. And it's like fire in my bones. When the word of God gets on the inside of you, you can be sure it's like fire in your bones. I don't know. I don't claim to know everything about fire. It's one of the great mysteries to me, the way it can burn. Uh, it just stuns me how, how oxygen makes it burn, but it doesn't necessarily burn all the oxygen up once a fire gets lit. It has, it has a, a, a lifespan too. Every fire does, unless that fire is stoked. If you stoke it and you begin to add wood to it or you add something to it, well, then that fire can continue uh, to burn. It can burn unlimited. There are uh, fires right now that are called eternal flames. And the only reason that a match when you uh, strike it versus an eternal flame sitting beside it, the only reason that one burns uh, forever and the other one doesn't burn, but just for a limited amount of time, is because you put fuel on it. You put something in it to make that happen. The Word of God is like fire inside of your bones. And the way you keep that fire burning is you just keep stoking the flame. That's why we read the Word of God. That's why we are doers of the Word, not hearers only, because it's got fire to it. And fire has, uh, has all kind of potential to it. A fire, first of all, it's, the Scripture says it's like a consuming fire, an all-consuming fire. Fire will burn out what the Scripture calls the chaff. The chaff, that's areas in your life that are taking up space, but they really ought not be there. Does that make any sense? Maybe that's things from your past that are taking up all of your time, all of your energy, your emotions. They hold you back. And uh, it, it's not a matter of whether or not those things uh, happen. It's not even a matter of getting amnesia and all of that. It's let the fire of God get involved with that. And you can be sure God knows how to scorch it down. When you speak the word of God and you get it in your heart in relationship to some circumstance or to a person or to your own self in any way and you begin to speak the word of God and you get it in your heart. I mean, your heart is just like, it's like the furnace. Your spirit man. And your heart is, it's where your emotions uh, are seated. It's where things uh, that really mean a lot to you are connected to your life and to your mind. And so it's necessary that you plant the word of God inside of you. Listen, like fuel, Hallelujah. like fuel. Come on. It's, it's energy. It's, it's fuel for your life and for your soul. Uh, and so the scripture says, uh, I wanted to shut up and not talk about it. He said, so I just said to myself, all right, that's it. I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm not going to say anything else again. And he said, it's like it started coming out of my ears. So it's coming out of the top of my head. I'm just coming out of my nostrils. 
All of a sudden, it's fire that's in my heart. He said, I forgot that it wasn't just a decision that I was going to believe but not participate in. He said, I suddenly realized it was real. And he said, and God was saying it to me and I had to say something about it. Have you ever gotten anything in your heart that is so real that you just got to tell someone about it? Do you remember when you fell in love with your wife or your husband? Not your secretary unless that's your wife and husband. But do you remember when you fell in love? I don't care how awkward you were. I'm talking to guys now. I don't care how manly you were. All of a sudden you had to tell that girl and you're like, what is that coming out of me? Me talking to her like that. I want to make sure no other guys are listening. Come on, all the guys know what I'm talking about. But I mean, if it gets in your heart, it just makes you act like a a Valentine card or something. Because it's in you and it's like a fire inside of you. When you find the right one, I mean, it's like the highest mountain. That's what I told Cindy. I was in the Air Force. she, She was back at home and And every weekend I would try to find a way to get off that base and go hours and hours and drive all the way from Mississippi to Texas and then turn right around and drive back. And I told her, I said, I don't care if how much it's raining. I don't care how high the mountain, how deep the water. I'm going to be there early Saturday morning. When you wake up, I'm going to drive all night. I'm going to be there unless the Cowboys are playing. Other than that, I'm going to be there. I didn't say that, I promise. I said, girl, you can set your clock by it. This boy going to show up. He said, that fire gets in your heart. And he's talking about the word. Come on, shout the word. It has a fire, a spiritual heater to it that changes everything about your life. In Romans chapter uh, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, and in first, uh, I'll tell you, I'll put First Thessalonians 5 up there for me first. First Thessalonians 5, 19. It's a real simple verse. Quench not the Spirit. Come on, say it out loud with me. Quench not the Spirit. Those are interesting words. Uh, drop that word up there for me because it's going to be difficult for me to pronounce this one. In the Greek, it's an interesting word. It's that word. Benumi. So let's just say, I will never forget Benumi. So that, that's the East Texas uh, version of how to pronounce that Hebrew, I mean, that Greek word. And so the word just literally means to extinguish. It's the word for quench. It's a very unique word. Uh, God does use it uh, a couple of times, several times in the scripture. Uh, how many of you are glad that, that the shield of faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the Bible says? And it means to extinguish. It means to smother it down. Now listen, it means to douse. Anybody know what dousing is? Like you're going to douse that fire, you know, get a bunch of water and douse it on the fire. Uh, and that's kind of a little old language, but I grew up hearing it a lot. It means to su- su- uh, suppress something, to smother it, to snuff it out, put it out, uh, to quell it. And in some cases, some situations, it, it can actually mean to evaporate or to dry up. Now listen, God said, quench not the Spirit. And that word for quench right there, and what He's referring to is something like a fire. The Word of God 
and the Holy Spirit. You put those two elements together on the inside of you and you've got some energy flowing in you. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? And then you get filled with the Word of God too. Come on. It ought to be like an energy on the inside of you all the time. And then the Apostle Paul writes and he says, quench not the Spirit. Do not extinguish, snuff out, douse down. Do not cover up and suppress the Spirit. Oh my goodness. So if the fire of God is burning on the inside of you because His Word, uh, Psalms 119, 105 says, it's like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. There's a fire involved with that, the fire of God on the inside. He says, whatever you do, do not snuff it out. Don't snuff it out. Let that fire of God be on you. Listen, there's one thing uh, I can assure you. If you reach over and touch fire, do you remember when you were a kid and your parents were telling you, don't touch that stove. Don't touch that match. Don't do that. And I was a pretty hard-headed boy. I've got four brothers and and, uh, there were five of us guys. And I promise you, every single one of us, my parents told us, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that heater. Whatever you do, don't get that close to it. Don't touch that heater. And we'd say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And I promise you, I don't know what it is. It was like sick them to a bulldog. You know what I mean? If they said don't do it, there's just something about it. You had to reach over and touch it. And we did it. And the next thing you know, uh, one of the other ones would try it. And before long, everybody kind of learned the lesson about don't touch it. Somebody once said, wisdom is the teacher of the wise, but experience is the teacher of most. And that pretty much is the way it is right there, especially in some areas of life, especially if you've got a bunch of copycat brothers like I had and, and, and like I was. But what's important about that is that fire, when you do something like that, that fire of God that's in you compels other people. It begins to attract There's an anointing about the fire of the Word of God. We are in a generation right now where God is saying to you and me to not compromise the Word of God because that's where the fire of the Spirit that that fuels the things of the Spirit. Don't quench it. Don't put it out. Whatever you do, don't get around and listen all the time to someone else who's trying to put out the fire of the Word and the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. There are ways that you can do that. There are ways to quench the Spirit of God. Here's here's one right here. How about if God is speaking to you a lot and you just keep ignoring it? You ignore it long enough and you'll, just like a fire, you let a fire be going over here and you ignore it long enough and it'll go out. Now, God wouldn't have said, quench not the Spirit, do not extinguish the Spirit in your life, unless there was a chance that you could do that. So I'm not even talking about salvation necessarily. I'm talking about the fire of God, the purpose of God in your life, the plan of God, the energy of God, the, the drive of the Holy Ghost and of the Word and the Spirit of God. You just ignore that long enough and you watch how God... Uh, just seems to lift up and move right on over to somebody else to do that same thing. And you don't want that in your life. Uh, Especially if you're raising kids or grandkids, and especially if you're growing up yourself. Come on, shout amen. Amen. There's things that you can do. You You can disregard 
Just like, well, I know that. Well, I know that. I wonder how many times in my lifetime I have, as a minister and as just as a brother in the Lord, talked to someone and they say, and I share something from the Word in relation to whatever they're dealing with, and they say, yeah, I know that, but... Yeah, I know it. I mean, I know I should, but look, you cannot continue to disregard the things of the Word and the Spirit of God without it having an impact. Uh, God says, quench not. Come on, touch somebody and say, quench not. Come on, say that to them right now. How about when you just close your ears? Like when God is speaking. You know, one of the great things about coming to the, to the house of God, uh, we, we, we teach and preach the Word of God. And I would just teach for a few minutes. We teach and preach the Word of God. And God begins to talk. And my experience is, and, I, and I'm included in this number with you, that I can feel like God has given me a message. And then when I get up and begin to deliver that Word, it seems like God just shifts it a little bit some way. Sometimes He just shifts it 100%. And, and I have no problem adjusting. If I feel like God's doing it, I'll just go with that flow, you know. I'll just move over there with it. But God knows how to take your, your preparation and get involved with the preparation. He gets involved with that more than He does your demonstration as a minister. Uh, and so if you prepare, the Holy Ghost then will get you, you give God something to work with. And he'll begin to work with that in your life. And he'll, he, he knows how to customize what you do if you're led by the Spirit of God. Now, by, by saying that, God can take one word and, and he can cause every person to hear that individually the way they need to hear that for themselves. And so I may think that I'm doing, that's why someone came to me one time and they said, would you interpret uh, for me this particular interpretation and, uh, you know, what does that really mean to me or something like that? I've had people, you know, over the years because of the gifts of the Spirit. And I'll say, I don't have the gift of interpreting interpretations. I don't interpret interpretations because I may think something, but God might have had a whole complete different reason for talking about that. Are y'all listening to him? By the same token, God knows how to take five loaves and two fishes and meet every person's individual need with it. And he knows how to break it off just right for what we have need of. That's because the Word of God is alive. It is powerful. It pierces, the Bible says. And so I don't even have to try that. I just leave it to God. Like, Lord, let, let the Word fall. Come on, say with me, quench not the Spirit. So don't close your ears when God is speaking to you. Uh, we don't get to be together long, but when we're here, let's, let's be listening for, to what the Holy Ghost is saying. It's very important. I believe one of the ways that people quench the Spirit of God is they pass up, they keep passing up opportunities over and over and over and over and over to be used by the Holy Ghost. We don't want to do that. It can be something as simple as witness to the waitress. It can be, be a blessing to the neighbor. It can be share your testimony in an awkward time sometime. Uh, it's not the Holy Ghost telling you to jump up on the conference table in the middle of a meeting and start prophesying and all of that. That's not God. Hallelujah. Well, I did it for God. Well, hallelujah. Then don't ask me to pray for you to get another job. He must be going to get you a better one. 
No, but be used by the Holy Ghost. And listen, the Word and the Spirit of God will agree. But we need to use those opportunity, opportunities to get involved in ministry. Because you have two roles in your life as an individual and in what I like to call the corporate ministry. God adds every person to a, a New Testament church, but He adds an individual. So there's an individual call and there's a corporate call. Give me two amens. And so God will use you individually from time to time some way to be a blessing. And then He will use us as a body of believers to be a blessing. Listen to the voice of God. Don't pass up opportunities. If pastor gets up here, that happens to be me. If pastor gets up here and says, hey, this year, every person in the name of Jesus needs to put their hand to something that we do as a church. Every person ought to shout. That's the second weakest amen. Every person ought to shout. Absolutely. Glory to God. (laughs) So we can get an individual blessing uh, from obeying God. Uh, but your individual blessing did not exempt you from being a part of the body of Christ. It's one of the things we had Bible schools and things for years. And, and uh, uh, anytime somebody kind of gets all up in their self and I start seeing them get up in their self and they're, they're going to Bible school and they graduate from Bible school, uh, if they start pulling back from putting their hand to something because all of a sudden they're almost through Bible school. I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You're just about to enter into Christianity 101 when you finish that. You, it ought to, there ought to be a drive and a desire. Somehow or another, the dots aren't connecting in the spirits yet because it will not make you pull back. When it's God, it will fire you up in the name of Jesus and uh, you almost have to be reined back because you want to be involved with everything you can in the name of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord if you got that just now. I don't want to start giving examples. (laughs) When it's time, don't quench the Holy Ghost. Listen, when there are times of prayer, don't be avoiding prayer by self-justification. Always be a praying person. Every person every day ought to spend some time in prayer. I'm not going to say you have to pray an hour a day. That is not in the Bible. It's a good thing if you can do that. If Sergio's in here, come help me. If you can do that, then pray an hour a day. And maybe you're not going to pray an hour long. Maybe you pray five minutes. And and then you might have to pick it up a little bit later. Or just pray some time. Spend that time in prayer. Read your Bible. Read something in the Word of God. I'm going to put the Word of God in me every single day. Hallelujah. And we live in a generation now where you can carry it around on your phone if you need to. I like to read it out of the Bible. I'm a, I'm a paper guy, but I've got several versions on the phone too. And so I'll look at that. Oftentimes I'll just find things in the Scripture. The Holy Ghost will give me an unction about something. I'll just look at it real quick and find it real quick. Just so I can try to be as accurate with it as I can. Glory to God. Don't avoid those times of prayer. Uh, don't quench the Spirit. It might be instead of going on your lunch break, the Holy Ghost may tell you to go on a prayer break and just spend your time in prayer that that particular day. I'm not telling you uh, that you have to fast, but if the Spirit of God tells you to fast, well, you you might want to fast, you know, the milkshake or something. I don't know. 
But spend time in prayer. Don't avoid it. Learn to train your inner man to respond. To respond to the unction of the Holy Ghost. Let the fire of God. Come on, somebody shout fire. fire. It's important. One of the, when I was a boy growing up, and, I, and, and, and that's as far probably as I'm going to go with this tonight. I'll pick it back up. When I was a young uh, boy, I was about 12 years old or so, 11 or 12 years old. I have a cousin who's in heaven today. His name was Dale. So Dale and I, my mother's sister's son, we were very close growing up. And my grandparents, uh, we were staying with our grandparents for uh, a weekend or a couple of days or something. I don't remember exactly how long, but I was up there. So we decided we were going to go camp out. And there was a, a little camp that one of my uncles had built. It was a nice little shack, really, is about all it was. It was right next to a creek. Had a lot of trees all around it. It really wasn't all that far from where we lived, uh, from where my grandparents lived. So we went there, and Dale and I are out there, and there's no electricity. So, you know, when you're like, like 11, 12 years old or something, and you forget that the sun's going to go down. So when the sun starts to go down, you do whatever kid's going to do. You, you build a fire. Well, building a fire is not really quite as simple as you might think it is when you're 11 or 12 years old. But we did. We pulled together some stuff, you know, and we got it and we had some matches. And, and first we decided to try to do it like cavemen. We're out there trying to make a spark. We thought we would do that. We were just going to really be all of that, you know, and, and it didn't work. And so finally we gave up and decided to, you know, uh, to come into the, you know, 20th century. And so we, we light a fire and we get it burning. And, and uh, he, he was a couple of years older than me, so he, he knew a little bit more. And before long, we had a nice little flame going there and, and a nice little fire going. And oh man, we roasted some, some uh, hot dogs or something like that. And we really thought we were something. Well, then it got to be like 10 o'clock. And it got to be about 11 o'clock. And, and the fire kept going down. And then we, you know, discovered all of this deep wisdom, you know, that you have to keep putting stuff on the fire. And so we're out there getting limbs, and, and if you get the wrong kind of limb, it's not going to work. My grandfather had a, uh, had a potbelly stove and a, fire, a little old fireplace. They were very poor people, and, and uh, that's how they, they, they didn't even have inside toilets when I was just a little kid. I still remember that. They had an outhouse. Anybody remember those things? And so anyway, um, they had this stove in there and they had all this kind of wood and, and they would say, well, you know, now when you want to light that fire, we like to use ash because ash just burns so hot. It's the hottest burning. Uh, it just seems like it's the hottest burning wood that there is. And I said, well, there's pine trees everywhere and it's all in pine trees. You put a bunch of pine in there and it's just going to smoke this whole place up. And it just bur doesn't burn as good and it pops. And, and you, you get those embers and things, it'll be in the house. Next thing you know, you burn your house down. And they had all of these different concepts on what was the best kind of wood to use because that's how they'd all grown up and stuff, using their own kind of wood. Well, anyway, we're out there, and, and so we build this fire, and uh, it got probably around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, something like that. And then I started thinking, I wonder if there's really wildcats out here. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if there really are mountain lions and, and, and other things, you know, that, and then an owl hoots a few times and, and we didn't have a gun. We didn't have any of that. And we actually were close enough that 
uh, it takes us a little while, but we could actually walk out of there and get back to the house. So we decided that that's what we were going to do. We had a flashlight, a couple of flashlights. So we decided to walk home. But before we did, we decided, of course, now, because we were just kids. Now, you've got to douse that flame out real good. And so we, we get some buckets of water out of the creek, and we douse that flame, and we douse it a few times, and it puts it out finally. And we thought, well, that's it. Praise the Lord. And we walked out of there and walked back home. It wasn't an hour later, and coming the other direction were fire trucks. This is a true story. And we, <laughs> we burned the camp house down and a little bit of area around it, but thank God it was on a creek, before the, uh, the fire department got out there and burned that thing down. Please don't uh, take this off the thing right here because I've never had to put it. No. And so you can douse a fire if you know what you're doing. You can douse it out right, of course, and you want to make sure all the embers and all that are gone from it. But you know, by the same token, if you get around men and women who are always, or yourself even, guard your words, always throwing cold water on your fire, always on your faith's confession, on, on the Word of God that's in you, because your circumstance may be a little more difficult or the answer hadn't come yet, don't let the devil put seeds on the inside of you that try to put out the flame. But keep the fire of the Word of God burning on the inside of you at all times. The Bible says, be fervent in spirit, never lagging in zeal. Fervent in spirit. On fire in spirit. Do not lag in zeal. Come on, stand on your feet with me tonight. Glory to God. Keep that stir in your spirit at all times. When it's time to magnify the Lord, let's magnify the Lord. And now I don't know how you praise the Lord when you're by yourself, but that's your business. But you know, when we praise God together, let's actually praise Him together. Uh, because we're not in here real long, but we can be here real strong. We can unite together. Since God is our God, one of us can put a thousand enemies to flight. Two of us can put 10,000 to flight. That person that's around you on that road where you are, you don't know what they're going to face this week. And as you begin to magnify the Lord and they begin to magnify the Lord, I believe in the Spirit, God can ambush everything that hell is trying to do. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good Word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women i found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. 
Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.